Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, into the 9 o'clock hour we go. <laughs> I, uh, I was reading an article on The Athletic, of which I read several throughout the week. I think The Athletic does a great job. Um, Jeff Howe has a, uh, has a piece where he's kind of talking about some of the things he learned at the Combine this weekend. And <laughs> Seth? The Browns are already talking about doing a restructure of Deshaun Watson's, a further restructure of Deshaun Watson's fully guaranteed five-year, $230 million deal. As we do know... You that, do you mean that paying, seven, paying, them, paying him $17 last year wasn't... Uh, it, 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 pushing all that money off into the future hasn't been working out all that spectacular? Apparently not, no. Okay. They, so for those who don't know, Deshaun's contract... At the day it was signed, it was very simple. Just five years, he's going to get $46 million a year, and that's it. It's fully guaranteed $46 million a year. Well, they immediately took his salary for 2022 and just yeah. turned it into a gigantic $45 million signing bonus plus a million-dollar salary yeah. so they could shove all the money into the future so that his suspension wouldn't cost him millions of dollars. It would only cost him hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And now they're left with a quarterback – who had a QBR of 38.6 in the six games that he played last year. That's for, really for bad. For reference, that's like Baker Mayfield level yes. last year. Yeah. Sam Darnold, uh, you know, uh, Zach Wilson, <laughs> that type of More poignantly, it was way worse than Jacoby Brissett, who actually started the first 11 games for the Browns, Browns last year. Browns fans would tell you that you're just a sucker who doesn't watch the film yeah. if you don't know that Deshaun Watson actually played brilliantly They last would hit year. me with the expected stats, probably, the Browns yeah, fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he now has a cap hit for these next four years of $55 million a year. It's a record-setting cap hit. We don't know if he's good at football anymore. They're already talking about restructuring his deal for this year, Seth. Yeah. <laughs> to, where, to like doing something similar to what they did last year where they take money and shove it into the future. They fully guaranteed this thing. So there are no f- dummy years at the end. They could be looking at a quarterback who in the years 2024 – 2025 and 2026 may have a cap hit of between 60 and $70 million. And he has not played good football. He's not played winning football since 2019. He's not played yeah. good football individually since 2020. Um, I, I look, I think obviously last year was a little bit askew based on just the situation. I think he'll be fine as a quarterback. Uh, is he going to be worth that amount of money? I think that the odds would just be no, because <laughs> nobody, nobody else is worth that that cap hit or or that amount of money or that amount of guaranteed money. Certainly, of the most lucrative quarterback contracts signed in the last several years, of the top five, the only one that makes sense right now is Pat Mahomes. Um, you've got Russell Wilson, you've got Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson. So far, we'll see. Um, Jared Goff, he's not top five, but yeah, the the rest of them haven't worked out. It's it's a it's a rubber meets the road type of moment, and it's I think it's where that's why all four of these draft picks have their flaws at quarterback. These top four guys, but I think that all of them end up going high because teams are realizing, gosh, if we gotta. We're not so sure. Even if these guys work out, we're not so sure we want to pay them in five years. So, like, let's get a guy in here on a rookie contract. We'll put a bunch of receivers and weapons around him and try to get the most out of him. And maybe we, maybe we strike lightning and, and get a Pat Mahomes. But at the very least, if it can be a guy like a Tua Tunga Vailoa or a Jalen Hurts where you can have a respectable offense around him, then, then let's do it that way. The, uh, had, on a rookie contract. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, ESPN. 
com has, and I think this might be a Barnwell joint. Uh, it's ESPN Plus. No, well, it's just Football Outsiders, so it's a bunch of different guys. They do bold moves for each, one bold move for each of the 32 NFL teams. And this is where I start to think like, man, that 2024 first-round pick from the Browns might be looking pretty tasty too. Now, these are bold moves, so the odds of them happening inherently are probably fairly slim. But I think it's indicative that in an article saying this would be a bold move for the Browns, that you would even think this way. And the bold move is to trade Nick Chubb, which that's a rebuilding move if you're the Browns. Like, And it's also a move that maybe, here's what they say, maybe indicates a lack of confidence in Deshaun Watson from this standpoint. The, the, the article says, the Browns should be looking to place their few remaining assets into transforming their passing game. Right now, they've got a good receiver but unspectacular in Amari Cooper, an above-average but overpaid tight end in David Njoku, middling Donovan Peoples-Jones, and that's about it. Meanwhile, the offensive line is expensive thanks to recent extensions to guys on the offensive line. Chubb's cap hit triples in 2023 to nearly $15 million. My God. At age 27, he remains a highly desirable asset, rare among running backs playing under a second contract. Um, they're basically saying they should trade Nick Chubb for, for draft picks and then invest that in weapons for Deshaun Watson while admitting that it probably doesn't help Deshaun too much to trade away the 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 crux of the running game that can help a quarterback as well. Yeah, yeah, that's um especially in Cleveland. Like the weather is we've talked yeah. about this a bunch of times before. The weather one, yeah. the weather is a legitimate concern and issue up there, more so than Buffalo. Um like Cleveland just Cleveland because this because the stadium is positioned right on the water, it's a different level of misery than in Buffalo. In Buffalo it's not far. Like they get the lake effect snow and everything, but there's at least some land between the water and the stadium where Cleveland it's right there. And it's it's hard to play really good quarterback in December. You got to have a rushing attack. So I don't think that would be a smart move at all. I think sometimes even people in Cleveland don't realize how bad it is in Cleveland because they're there all the time. Yeah, they're used to it. Yep. Deshaun said he likes being in Cleveland because it reminds him of his college days. Which what? I feel like is kind of a shot at Cleveland. <laughs> like, <laughs> it reminds him of his college days in what way? I <laughs> Because it's, I, it probably just feels like kind of a oh, uh, like, like a, a collegiate atmosphere I, almost. Okay. It's, a, it's a smaller town. I got you, know? you. Yeah, yeah. No, that now that makes sense. Oh, like you I, thought you meant like the actual football? Uh, yeah, like oh, the weather oh, oh. or the, the football or the color of the helmets. I guess they're both orange. You know, I, I don't know. No, no, no. Yeah, I think I think he meant just the atmosphere yeah. and yeah. I can see that. I, I can see that. Boy, restructuring Deshaun's contract. That is. Uh, that is tough. I'm enjoying watching this, at least as of right now, blow up in the Browns' face. I'm kind of with you, oh. Seth. I think he's going to be good at football again, I think. So as far as the top uh, contracts, the guy I forgot to put in there is Kyler Murray. Yeah. So for the top, so for the top five from this past, like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, and Pat Mahomes. And Pat Mahomes is fifth on that in average per year. So Pat Mahomes is the only of those top five that you actually feel really good about yeah, right it, now, partly because, it, especially because it's fifth. And he doesn't seem to show any signs of agitating for more. He'll, a few years from now, he'll be like eighth, ninth, or tenth on the list, and he might still be okay with his contract. It's, it's not even as you – like, yeah. It'd be one thing if he were fifth and the four guys ahead of him just didn't win the Super Bowl, but they were good. Yeah. The four yeah. guys ahead of him are all damaged goods right now. Like, yeah. big time. Like, some literally damaged goods. Kyler Murray and others just, you know, football-wise damaged goods. Kyler Murray will be all right because he's got a uh, an awkward <laughs> defensive. <laughs> he's, he's got an awkward. 
Sure, he'll be fine. Defensive. They coach. hired they hired Deshaun Watson's quarterbacks coach to be their offensive coordinator. Yes, exactly. That's what I was. Uh, yeah. He well, look, he uh, he took Deshaun and turned him from a guy who was suspended into a guy who wasn't suspended last Have year. Have you seen Did, it? Were his passing numbers good? No, not at all. Yeah. Not one tiny bit. But he went from being unsuspended or from being suspended <laughs> to unsuspended. Have you seen any interviews with this guy? This, uh, with uh, Drew Petzing, is that or his, name? his name? Yeah. Have you seen I any interviews with him? Yeah. Petzing is what it is. Yeah. Have you seen any interviews with him? No. No. Yeah, I watched. Is he their, awkward uh, too? Yeah, dude. I just I don't know. He's he looks like me. <laughs> like he's a frumpy little bald dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> so is Bruce Arians. He's right. He's a quarterback whisperer. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like that's the outlier. I don't know. I, okay. I, yeah. <laughs> Frumpy little bald dudes. All right. Listen, I'll, I'll accept your self-put down just for the sake of uh, argument, but uh, but you and I will have a counseling session afterwards. <laughs> okay. you're, you're not a frumpy little bald dude, but uh, various other frumpy little bald dude coordinators who have done well. Uh, Bill Belichick, frumpy little dude. Not bald, but frumpy. For sure. Um, Bruce Arians, frumpy. Chris Palmer, do you remember him? Original offensive yeah. coordinator for the, uh, the Texans. <laughs> yeah. He actually, but he also did well with Drew Bledsoe and some other quarterbacks. Okay. Frumpy little dude. Yeah. A lot of frump works, man. Greg Roman has been a successful frumpy dude. <laughs> frump works. <laughs> who are the most, who are the, who I, need are the a, I need a t-shirt. <laughs> I need a t-shirt. Frump works. <laughs> um, I, I'll send you the video of the interview. I, I watched the, um, I watched the Cardinals equivalent of the Texans building the Texans video that they do, like that series yeah. they do. And I, look, you're going to watch anytime any video is going to suffer in comparison to D'Amico Ryan's on these things. Like D'Amico just has a presence, but Gannon is as awkward as he comes across. And then they get to the offensive coordinator guy, and I'm like, this guy, this is the guy who's going to rescue Kyler Murray. I think we need to point that out. Like whoever they hire is got to be up to the task. They got to make Kyler Murray worth forty six million dollars a year. That's a that's yeah. a pretty big that's matzo a, ball out there. You know what? If we ever, I mean, I guess if I ever talk to Gary about, I always remember forget to bring some of this stuff up with um, Kubiak when I talk to him, just about like stuff from the original first year, couple years that he was uh, on the team. But I always did wonder exactly what the expectations of Gary Kubiak and David Carr were. Like when Kubiak was hired was the expectation that, yeah, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll be able to do something with him. And then how did they move off of that that next offseason? Like, how is, how is Gary able to convince Bob McNair that, like, all right, listen, uh, I've squeezed this orange, and that's all the juice we're going to get. Yeah. We need to go out and get some shab in our life. Shab me, baby. That feels like a definite off-the-record conversation for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would never. Because <laughs> I, I'm here's a here's the thing, Seth. Uh, <laughs> I thought I thought Carr was a bum. I'll be honest with you, but I he was certainly not going to say that. Yeah, no, I don't know what he. I I think that I think he saw Carr's upside. I mean, Carr did some Carr. His highlight throws were some really good things. Oh yeah, um, number one pick. I just I do feel like Carr in his first few years just had the potential battered out of him. Like whatever there, whatever might've happened. Um, it just, the clock in his head was permanently destroyed by uh, some of it, his own fault because he would hold on to the ball too long. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't think he was salvageable at that point. Yeah. Um, this article has the bold move for the Texans This bold move article on ESPN.com. The bold move would be to trade up for number one and the price. Okay. What would you say about this price, Seth, to move up from okay. two to one? Uh, a third round pick, a fourth round pick, 
and a third next year in 24. Um, that would be – I don't want to part with it, but I wouldn't feel like the Texans got fleeced if they did that. No, me neither. That, especially with Ryan Poles, the GM of the Bears, insisting that he knows for a fact that he can get a first-rounder from 2024 and a first-rounder from 2025. Yeah. He's very, very confident in Football Morning in America talking to Peter King this morning that uh, he's going to be able to get a couple of ones out of this. Yeah. I, I'm not so sure about that. Um, one of our listeners earlier asked if there was another instance of trading from two to one in NFL history. I went back to 1967, and I, none of those were from two to one. Okay. This was from three to one a couple of times. Um, but it's very uh, – like the number one overall pick doesn't actually get traded all that often. The Oilers, the Oilers traded their number one pick to the Cowboys – the Cowboys ended up getting Ed Two Tall Jones. Yeah. But I think that was a number three to a number one. Yeah. That that was back before the league kind of really knew the value of draft capital the way they do now. Like I think the league's just way more educated yeah. on what the worth of draft picks are. I'll say this. We do have a recent example of the exact same price to move up from three to two. And ironically, it was yeah. the Bears trading this exact draft package, a three, a four, and a future three to move up from three to two to get Mitchell Trubisky. Um so the, I, I don't think it would be totally off the wall to think that that could be the price to move up from, from two to one for the Texans. I'm with you. Like, if that were the price, it would suck because all you had to do was lose the last game. You don't have to give up anything to move up. But yeah. threes and fours are – you can find threes and fours. Like, they can move back from 12 to 16 and pick up a four. You know what I mean, Seth? Uh, they can trade Brandon Cooks and get a three. Um, you can find threes and fours. You can't find. You can't just find twos and ones. You know what I mean? What's so funny? Dude. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What would you if 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 you were in sports radio in 1974, and the Oilers had the number one overall pick, and they traded it to the Cowboys for defensive end Toddy Smith and wide receiver Billy Parks. Uh, while also giving the Cowboys the 1974 uh, or the 1974 third round pick that they had, so they traded uh, two picks for quarterback Danny White. Yeah. Oh, really? So they no, tried- they traded two. They they traded the number one overall pick for two players and a third round pick. Oh, they got the third round pick back. The Oilers did. Oh my God! Wow, that's crazy. That is, uh, yeah. I would have said they they would have been a big topic on first take. I would have said back <laughs> back in that's a that was a bad trade. That's a bad trade by modern standards. Yeah, dude, you can like you want you want some nerdy draft humor. Go back and look at some of the trades that got made involving draft picks, like back really pre Jimmy Johnson. Honestly, like Jimmy Johnson and really post Jimmy Johnson because he fleeced the Minnesota Vikings in the Herschel Walker trade. You know, he traded Herschel Walker for like a bunch of picks and a bunch of players, and yeah. Um, but some of the picks before the league really got in tune with what the value of draft capital was are pretty hilarious. It's pretty impressive that Jimmy Johnson's draft value chart is still being used, um, even though it's been tweaked a good a good amount by most teams. It's still like he he was pretty revolutionary, and for a college guy especially to come in and be able to kind of see the league differently and the value of things differently than other people did. Um, I guess he's uh, like I, I feel like sometimes he gets painted more of a mo- as a motivational guy because he wasn't a huge X's and O's guy. But I think as far as the general manager side of it, or like the understanding the 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 economics of it all, he was pretty far ahead of his time. You asked Nick about that when he was on with us last time. He said that they used the Jimmy chart. Yeah, we've talked. Yeah, we talked about that like last year, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, he's. 
Uh, it feels like every time he talks about it, it makes news somehow. Because nobody's actually paying attention to any of the draft stuff. So every now and then, a little morsel gets out. Uh, it's, like one of our, it's like one of our teasers right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wheatstraw. Uh, oh, yeah. The liners are. Yeah. We, uh, Wheatstraw text in on the trailer wheel and frame text page 6453. Uh, working in San Angelo for the next couple months. Hallowed be thy name for the Odyssey app. Yes. Download the Odyssey app, people. That's the direction, the digital direction, Odyssey app, and you can rewind. You can get our podcasts on there, the whole nine yards. By the way, uh, McLean and I are recording multiple episodes today because I'm leaving for New York City on Wednesday, including the mailbag episode of the Utopia podcast. So if you want to email us questions today, mailbag at gmail.com, mailbag at gmail.com. Seth, I went and did it this weekend. I saw Cocaine Bear, the movie that is uh, sweeping the nation. I have my review of Cocaine Bear. I'm excited about this. Next. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Breaking news from Sports Radio 610 is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. All right, we just got done talking about this a little earlier in the show. Seth asked me who I thought would be the – what would the pecking order be in terms of signing with a new team or getting traded? Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson – Thought Lamar Jackson would stay with the Ravens. I still think that way. My thought on Carr was I think he's going to get fed up with waiting around for Aaron Rodgers to make a decision, and he'll pick an NFC South team to go to because the scrutiny will be far less there, and he'll have a good chance of winning the division. I thought it would be Carolina, so I had the right idea but the wrong team. Adam Schefter tweets this moments ago, Seth. The Saints have emerged as the front runner to sign Raiders QB Derek Carr, and an agreement could be reached as early as today Per league sources. So there's already graphics floating around the interwebs with Derek Carr in a the, uh, number four Saints jersey. Wait, who was that tweet from? Schefter. Oh, Schefter. Because yeah. uh, Garofalo had reported it. Um, unfortunately, he wrote David Carr instead of Derek Carr. Um, I'm just pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was even more certain about the uh, – the actual, uh, the actual news. The, the possibility of it happening. That it's definitely happening. Yeah, they, yeah. people are treating it like it's going to happen. So, um, yeah. so Dennis Allen, uh, who drafted Derek Carr in 2014. Yeah. yeah. That was his last year, right? Dennis Allen was in – yeah, that was uh, – so he drafted Derek Carr. Derek Carr got Dennis Allen fired, and now he'll get him fired drafted again. Drafted Derek Carr, <laughs> if you recall. Drafted Derek Carr the same year they traded a six-round pick for Matthew Schaub. Remember that they traded for Schaub and they and they uh, drafted Derek Carr in the same season. Hey, uh, what, how long ago did um, how long ago did that tweet come out from um, from, from Schefter? Adam Schefter. Uh, yeah, Nine sixteen a.m. Houston time. Okay, so Garofalo beat him, and this is what happens though. Garofalo because Garofalo got him at nine fifteen yeah. a.m. Um, this is how Garofalo phrased it: The Saints are closing in on a deal with quarterback David Carr. 
sources tell me. <laughs> and uh, Ian Rappaport. It happens. After nine seasons with the Raiders, the four-time Pro Bowl selection is headed to New Orleans. So it's good that they had – he had that little background and a picture of Derek Carr, so he obviously meant Derek Carr, and yet he wrote David Carr. So I got to say, Schefter – Schefter beats him on a technicality. It's yeah. like when somebody pronounces the word the wrong way on Jeopardy or something, yep. and then somebody else gets to swoop in and get it. Absolutely. Schefter, Schefter just riding Garofalo's coattails on the, on the erroneous David Carr news. As of right now, the starting quarterbacks in the NFC South are Kyle Trask, by depth chart, Kyle Trask in Tampa. Who, who Anthony Richardson was very high on yesterday. Oh, was he ever? Or this weekend. He this was weekend. talking very nice things about, about Friday. Kyle Trask. Yep, yeah. he sure was. Uh, Carolina, I guess it would be Matt Corral right now. Uh, and in Atlanta, it would be Desmond Ritter. So it's basically... Wow. Yeah. It is and, wide open. And Derek Carr. Well, that's what I've been saying. that the Derek yeah. Carr is the ticket to winning the NFC South. Whichever of those teams signs Derek Carr in that moment, becomes the favorite to win the division. And, you know, frankly, it, I think there were times when Peyton was talking about getting trade or signing somewhere. When he, when he mentioned the NFC South, it didn't strike me that because he would talk about the NFC South being wide open with no proven quarterback. It didn't strike me like the irony that, like, yeah. Like, maybe the Saints would be a good spot for you. What do you, you just stuck like you around. Just, yeah. yeah. Go, Except that they're, you know, they're not in any better cap position or anything than they were when he left. But still, um, yeah, there's a little something to that. He couldn't possibly have gone. I, I don't know. It would have been, been really messed up for him to force his way out and go somewhere else in the NFC South. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's wide open. And now Derek Carr is definitively, for now, the best quarterback in that division. Okay, that's the other thing. You just touched on it. The cap situation in New Orleans, which is yeah. going to be hell for years because of all the credit card spending they did when Sean Payton was the coach and Drew Brees was the quarterback. Where the hell are they going to find the 30 to $40 million that Derek Carr reportedly wants? They, uh, like when people talk about like it's no big deal, you can always work around the cap – it's it's very it's it's very untrue. Like it is a big deal. You can work around it, but it is a big deal. It's that you gotta push money off into the future, off times on players that you'd prefer not to extend their contracts, but you end up doing it. Um, and that's what they'll end up having to do. Is yeah, as of right now, they are eighteen million dollars over the cap. So between. Now, and that does not include Derek Carr's imminent contract. So they're going to have to push a lot of these veteran guys off into the future and or release some of them. Well, in Carr, this is not a free agency situation where the Saints have to wait for free agency, to yeah. air quotes, to begin next week. Derek Carr got cut. If you get cut, you can go sign with the team that day, you know, yeah. as soon as you're cut. So, uh, so he, he, he's signing presumably right away. They don't even have the, – the Saints don't have a lot of money to – to even cut guys or try, like they're just going to have to rework a lot of their guys deals yeah um because even when they cut them even if it's post june 1st designation all that other stuff um they really don't have a lot of guys to that's going to be a dicey situation dude for, you 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 do this enough and eventually you wind up with a team someday that's just a bunch of rookies you wind up with the 2021 houston texans is what you wind up with you yeah. wind up with a bunch of try hard veteran guys on one year Two and a half million dollar deals that were something five you know guys that were a thing five years ago but have been coming back from you wind up with Justin Britt at center you wind up with Christian Kirksey playing inside linebacker you wind up with all these guys you know what I mean that's you wind up with Kamu Gruzier Hill being your 
Pro Bowl alternate. You know, I guess could they try to even if they even if they traded Jameis Winston, they're only saving four point four million. That's yeah, if they trade him. Like it's uh, there's not a lot because they got it now. I mean, Jameis Winston's got a fifteen million dollar cap figure. I would imagine they don't want to keep that around, but the contract is structured in such a way that they can't just get rid of him easily. Yeah, I'd I'd love to know how they're doing this, man. I can't wait to watch the the math, the the, the shell game they're playing with the cap. If they cut Taysom Hill, it's a $15 million hit. Dude, that's, that was a Sean Payton move. Like, that. yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, Taysom Hill. All right. Um, you got Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, and Derek. What the hell, Saints? Yep. What are you doing? Uh, Seth, I saw Cocaine Bear this weekend. Oh, that's what they're doing. Amy okay. and I went and said they're doing coke. That makes sense. Yep. That makes it all makes sense now. Sean yep. had to get himself out of New Orleans, didn't he? Yep. Okay. Uh, I saw Cocaine Bear this weekend. Yeah. Uh, it's As we pointed out, it's getting pretty good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, it's in yeah. that 70 to 75% range, both yeah. with the, the critics and the, the general viewership. Um, there's not a big delta between the two. I think because if you accept it for what it is, a super silly, gory, comedy horror movie is kind yeah. of what it is it's hilarious i think based alcohol on true probably, events yeah but yeah based on a bear We're, yeah yeah based yeah. on a bear that found stumbled on some cocaine that fell out of a you know a plane Trump or traffickers something plane right yeah, yeah. so yeah. what happens there's a lot of so the bear goes crazy and just starts killing people pretty much yeah okay. pretty much i mean there's backstory to the characters and whatnot um, it's hilarious. It is, it is really, if it's genuinely funny, it's it, not just like B movie funny where you're laughing at it, at, at how stupid it is. Uh, I mean, it's, it's stupid. Don't get me wrong, but it's, it's intentionally stupid. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, yeah, I'm not laughing at it. I, I'm not guilty pleasure laughing at it. You know what I mean? Like it was, yeah. it was a fun movie, man. It was, uh, you go in with very little expectations like Amy and I did. And you know, you know, in the first three minutes, what kind of movie it's going to be. Yeah. Um, because it's pretty gory in the first few minutes of the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, a, a, a human leg comes flying out of a shrub, you know, and lands next to the person's whose leg it is, husband. And uh, and you go, okay, well, this is going to be it's gonna be that kind of movie. You know, so his, that guy's, leg that guy's wife just got mauled by a yeah. cocaine bear. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you think about what damage a bear could do, and then you put him on cocaine. I hadn't really thought about just the actual, oh, whoa. So this is going to be like uh, The Revenant, except uh, yes. based on real events. Yeah. I think The Revenant might have been, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But less, so like, funny, like, is it as funny as the scene when Leonardo DiCaprio is getting mauled by the bear in The Revenant? <laughs> is that a funny scene? Pretty fine laugh. <laughs> like, what is, oh, then yes. I laughed at how stupid it was that he survived. Then like, yes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> then, then yes. No, it's, it's, it's got some legitimately funny lines in it, too. Like, the yeah. characters are very funny. Um Ice Cube's son, who played him in Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. Remember, his, remember Ice Cube's son played Ice Cube in the Straight Outta Compton movie? He's in this movie, and he's really funny. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, he's really funny. He's one of the drug dealers. Um, so it's – no, it's good. Go see it. Rank it, 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 rank it for me uh, in terms of bear movies. Okay. The Revenant. Yep. Paddington. <laughs> yep. Ted. Okay. Uh cocaine bear or any winnie the pooh vehicle okay i would say i'd put the kids movies at the bottom okay. begrudgingly because i'm a big i was a big winnie the pooh fan as a kid but begrudgingly yeah. i would say i enjoyed it more than the revenant i would say i enjoyed oh. it 
Yeah, yeah. I wasn't a big okay. fan of The Revenant. Um, I because I like just having a good time at the movies. That's why yeah. I hate the Academy Awards. It's all these movies I've never seen because they're yeah. all like these hoity-toity, you yeah. know, thespian movies. I like to laugh at the comedies. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, and uh, Ted was pretty good. <laughs> Ted so was. So you put Ted above Cocaine Bear? Um. I think it's on the same level. I think it's, okay. if I got to put if I have to, if I had to sit down and watch one Cocaine Bear or Ted, I'd probably watch Ted. What about Bad News Bears? Bad News Bears is better than all of them. The original okay. one, not the Billy Bob Thornton one. Bad News Bears is one of my favorite sports movies of all time. The original Bad news, one. Bad News Bears number one. Ted and Cocaine Bear tied it to yes, and then four and later any of the kids movies. Yeah, yeah, and The Revenant. Yeah, so that's that's where I put all that. Okay. Um, That's not bad, though. No. Okay. No, cocaine. If, if it's up there on level, okay, I'll go see Cocaine Bear. It's really funny. It's really funny. Hey, speaking of Sean Payton yeah. and the Saints, yeah. uh, in Football Morning in America, Sean, yeah. that, as, you know what that dude did? Who? He Payton? stole. You know what he did after talking smack, probably, about the McNairs to his buddy, Colin Coward? What did he do? You know what he did? He stole a Cal McNair metaphor. What did he say? Have you ever, Cal a few times has mentioned not looking in the rearview mirror. Yeah. You know, which isn't like, I mean, it's not like he invented that metaphor or something, but he's the only guy I can think of that I've heard, um, I've heard mention that. And like, I, I think he uses it. He's like, uh, it's kind of like a core philosophy. They want to be forward facing, not looking in the rearview mirrors. Sean Payton told Peter King he's going to put an old car front and center in the parking lot so that all players and coaches will see it. He said he'll have the rearview rear mirror plus the side mirrors removed from the car. <sighs> I think Cal said something on that Zoom call so derided by Colin Coward and pals uh, that, that Sean Payton went and yoinked from Cal McNair. Right. Lion SOB piece of crap, unoriginal <laughs> dork. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> you just go and steal. No wonder you, that's why he disparaged the Zoom call. It's because he was stealing content. <laughs> Not to mention, what a stupid visual that is. This is what I'm going to do. It's going to be very powerful. Oh, There's going to be a car with the side view mirrors and and rear view mirrors removed. Like, Jeez, oh, what a what a striking visualization that is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to have arrows pointed to the missing apparatus. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> do we know if do we know if Tomiko Ryan's is big into any like inanimate object metaphors like that? Like Sean Payton seems to be. I don't know. Is it, uh, can he match the genius of having a car with no side view mirrors that nobody would actually notice? Give him like 10 <laughs> seconds. I'm guessing you can. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, the thief. The cocaine bear. <laughs> He's a cocaine bear. The co- Dude, I'm telling you, thumbs up. So does the bear actually sniff the coke? Lamont's asking on the trailer wheel and frame text page. No, he eats it. <laughs> like He eats bricks of it at a time. It's crazy. It seems like a waste of... Does it... Does Coke have an effect on you if you eat it, or does it get destroyed in the stomach? Or I don't know. What? I'm not sure. I it's not like, like you hear it. You ever hear any? The only time you hear about people swallowing Coke is when it's like in condoms and you're trying to get across the border. That's right. Yep. Uh, all right. Payne and Pendergast with you. We'll find out what uh, the guys got going on on In the Loop. Landry is out today. Adam Spolane is in for Landry Locker. We'll talk to John Lopez, see what the fellas got. Coming up, it's Crosstalk, brought to you by DNM Leasing next. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Ooh, big news, big breaking news. Southwest just gave us 100 bucks for all of our travel troubles on Friday, Seth. <laughs> that's a tease. Yeah, that's a big, uh, that's big, 100 bucks. Yeah, we had trouble getting home. There were tornadoes in Atlanta. Huh. I hadn't flown out of Southwest in a while, and um, I might switch. Got- I, uh, my, my usual preferred airline, I'm... Platinum status? No, I'm I'm above platinum status, and it's nice. 
because I get bumped up a lot, especially because I try to travel like on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Yeah, where yeah. There's, there's a better chance of getting bumped up. Low traffic. But, yep. but when I don't get bumped up, it's not like the premium seating is like all that much more comfortable. Where with Southwest, for not that much more money, as long as you get in an A group, there's a good chance of getting an exit row. Or, uh, and they have like the one super cushy exit row seat where there's no seat in front of you. Yeah. I might have to, um, I might switch over because I feel like the, there's not, obviously there's no first class, but the, like the everyday, like my worst case scenario is not nearly as bad if I pay a little extra. You got to do the early bird. I had never right, done it right. before. Our boss did the early bird on our flights yeah. down to Florida for Astros, and I think it was 25 bucks a ticket. Yeah. And that's how you get the that's how you get the seat that has no seat in front of you is that they well, virtually guarantees you being in the in the A group. Right. Yeah. Well yeah, or the um it all, yeah, the business classes you get A through 15 guaranteed. Right. Nice. Right, right. That's not, it's not that much more for yeah. So I might uh, I might switch over to Southwest. Plus I'd like to, I wouldn't mind flying into Hobby. I'm tired Oh of, dude, I'm tired Hobby's of way easier. Yeah. Way easier. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So that, uh, thank you, Southwest, for uh, giving us a hundred bucks. I didn't get a hundred dollar voucher because my travel was there. Is that so? I'm not. So there's no payola going on here. I'm not like giving uh, Southwest. Well, thanks, a, Seth. I'm not giving <laughs> Southwest like a shout out because I got a hundred dollars. Well, neither am I. I, I, I mean, was, uh, I am, but not for anything. In re- I'm yeah. not expecting. I'm not sending people to their website because you of just it. made an FCC violation. Me, I was just, I was just speaking out of the uh, my my actual sentiment. Look at this. You're, co- you're look all, at this. My co-host, he's he's highlighting this to the FCC right you're now. You're all wowed and wooed by one hundred now. Uh, you disclosed that you got a hundred dollar. I did, so I did, I did. And just so people know that when I'm not in Thursday and Friday this week, it's not that Seth got me fired. I'm going to New York. And yeah. I'm flying Southwest. If that matters <laughs> to any of you, okay. Um, Derek Carr deal is done. He is signing. So when the, when Schefter tweeted, it could happen as early as later today. He meant ten minutes from the time he sent the tweet. Uh, Four year deal. For Derek Carr in New Orleans, Seth, and I have no idea how they're making this math work. I mean, they'll they'll push. Uh, they'll it's it's a good deal for some of the other veteran players on the Saints right now because they're going to get extra. They're going to get salary converted to signing bonus. They'll tack on a year or two to their deal to to push some money off into the future. I it, it is just kind of curious, I guess that that Carr is going on to a team that's going to have a hard time really stocking a strong team around him. Yeah. Um, I think because they're, they're still just paying the price for all those years of credit card spending. Well, and they're, they're players who are their most highly paid players right now. There's, I mean, look, Alvin Kamara's got legal issues right now, and he's an aging running back. Uh, Michael I forgot Th- about that. Right. Michael Thomas hasn't been able to stay on the field for two years now. Um, well, he's not even, yeah. Okay. You know, yeah, I mean, like, he, but he's, you know... You have the cap in front of you. I don't. I'm just. I know they gave him a big contract a few years ago. Like it's not a. To your point, it's a flawed roster right now. It's. Not, I don't think Derek Carr is necessarily a guy who solves a bunch of problems for you. He's a decent quarterback. Someone zero three eight five trailer wheel and frame text page. Can the Ravers Ra- Raiders file a grievance against the Saints since they were the last team he met with before saying he wouldn't accept a trade anywhere? And now he's landing there. Tampering collusion can cast a wide net. Is my thought. On if they could, no, they can't because they gave they gave Derek Carr permission to meet with the Saints. The Raiders did. They said, "Go, yeah. go meet with the Saints," and the Saints had a trade all lined up. And then Derek Carr said, "Well, I have a no trade clause, so I met with the Saints. I like them, but I don't want to be traded there." So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think. So, what was the question? Can uh, they can the can the Raiders file a grievance against the Saints for tampering? Oh. 
because okay. Carr went and met with them and then yeah. decided not to be traded, and now uh, he's actually yeah. signing there. Yeah, 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 you nailed it. They gave him permission. Yep. That was all. Like, just like with Sean Payton was given permission to go uh, meet with other teams because they – the the Saints had the rights to Sean Payton. Yep, uh, getting some texts about Cocaine Bear, which I saw this weekend and I really liked it. We'll talk about that with John Lopez in just a second. Um, someone says Cocaine Bear, the Shane Steichen press conference story. Remember <laughs> he was sniffing because he was crying though. He was, he was they sniffing. did an unbelievable job going through that process, and really my vision that I shared with them. Um, I want to build this thing on four pillars. Our culture is going to be built on four pillars, and one's going to be character. Character is very important to me. We want to treat people with respect, and we want to feed the positive. And we cocaine steaking. Character is very important to me. Every time that it is. Every time they asked Steichen a question, he was just getting back from the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, sorry, Jim, did I miss anything? All right, cool. <laughs> Ten trips to the Stop. bathroom during a press conference. <laughs> Shane, New record. Shane, why did you choose the Colts? <laughs> he looks over it. He looks, he looks at over at Ursay. We're in a really good plane ride, if you know what I mean. <laughs> We've been flying for hours. Oh, my God. Yes, we still are. How about Shane, Shane Steichen? It turns out he's like the guy who doesn't – the guy who thinks he's disguising his drug use uh, way more cleverly than he actually is. Yes. <laughs> like, ah, I didn't know it was so cold out. It's snowing in the facility, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, John Lopez is here. Hey uh, there. Hello, John. How are you? I am fantastic. You going to go see Cocaine Bear at some point? I don't want to see a movie about Sam Hurd. That's okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He was an actual Chicago Bear. Yeah. Yeah. Cocaine trafficking. Yeah. 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 Oh, and he had like a, a pretty like intricate network of dealers yeah. out there working for him. I yeah. always said about Sam Hurd that if he had just applied himself to legal All things. you got to do is apply yourself. Oh. The way he did to his illegal operation, he could have been a great entrepreneur. Mm, yeah. No, that's one thing people don't realize about uh, the successful drug traffickers. They are very successful. They're very smart business people. Yeah. They're just doing it in a, you know, there's a higher risk reward ratio in their in their chosen industry. But to rise above everybody else, you got to be good at it. Mafiosos so. are not dumb. No, and he did it while playing for an NFL team. Not that he's in the mafia. I'm not saying that. No, but I'm guessing he came across a few yeah. people. Yeah. I'd say I'd say a lot of mafiosos are pretty dumb, but the kingpins aren't. The, yes. uh, the actual yeah, okay, bosses yeah. are not. Yeah. Tony Soprano a, said he had an IQ of 138. It's been tested. I'm all in Tulsa <laughs> King right now. Have you seen Tulsa King? I have from beginning Ooh. to end. Yes. Ooh, I'm like, the last episode I'm going to watch. Tonight. Really, really good. Really, I like Stallone's Tulsa. Good. I like Tulsa King because like the stupid parts are supposed to be stupid. Yes. As opposed to Yellowstone, where the stupid parts are just flat out stupid. <laughs> like you're know, like, oh, this is uh, this isn't the way the world works. I'll be uh, honest. Uh, the way you and I have looked at Yellowstone, Seth, over the course of the last season is what has me. Slow playing, getting caught up on 1923. But what you're telling me is 1923 is its own entity. It's very, very It's really good. good. Yeah, okay. 1923 keeps it about, like, the the really riveting stuff. Okay. Not, they don't delve into Montana property 20s law politics. Yeah. Legislative uh, yeah. procedure and everything. Yeah, they just, uh, they, they actually keep it interesting. This is a big week for you. Is this, how many? Man. How, you got a son getting married on Saturday. We can't wait to go. To oh, that. We're oh to I am. Uh, I'll, I'll say this: I might be a one and done minister uh, because I, I was. Putting oh up, yeah, <laughs> I was putting down some notes for my welcome and my sermon. Yeah, for those who don't know, you're performing the ceremony I am for your son's doing, wedding. I am an ordained minister for my son. Uh, the wedding is Saturday. Looking forward to it. Looking really happy. You guys are going to be able to get there. That that warms the old heart. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, I'm not a script guy, but I do bullet points. So yeah. I don't know where exactly it's going to go. But the bullet points I jotted down, 
Were you having a tough time getting through them? No, it was easy. Oh, really? It was too easy. Oh, okay. Keep in mind, if you want a hint, we will be in New York City. Okay. We're from Houston. Oh. (laughs) Is she from New York? No. The the thing about the destination wedding is they just both love New York. Yeah. They visited. They love New York. They wanted to do something different from my other two kids. My daughter had the big wedding. You guys were you were there. Yep. Uh, my son had the fancy wedding, and yep. they said we're gonna do something different. We're gonna do destination. And I was thinking Cancun, wine country. They go, nope, we're gonna go to New York City. How many people are gonna be there? More than we thought. Yeah, we thought it was gonna be yeah. sixty-five, seventy. It's gonna be about ninety. Ninety people mm. for a destination yeah. wedding. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That's that that warms the old heart too. Absolutely. Been a big eight days for me. Yeah. And uh, we're gonna get into the show with the fact that, as you can attest, yes, I am alive. You are alive. I am alive. Okay. I am alive. Yeah. Something happened on Friday that was really wild, man. To you. Oh. Wild. Okay. That's a good tease. Wild. That's a good tease. On Saturday. And uh, to the point where I was getting texts from friends saying, okay. are you all right? Okay. Uh, all right. Right okay. out of the shoot. Right out of the shoot. Right okay, out of the good. shoot. Well, I may be on with you right out of the shoot because mm-hmm. Landry is out. Yeah. Adam Spillane is in, but is Spillane is Spo in the He's building He's supposed yet? to be here any minute. He, he Man, he took somebody to the airport. What are you thinking? What are you doing? <laughs> Which airport? What? Bush! <laughs> okay, that's even dumber. <laughs> what are you thinking? That's even dumber. That may be mentioned prominently as well. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. just silly. That's just silly. All right, so good stuff. So Landry out, Spillane in, Lopez in, Figgy in. You got in the loop. Coming up next, Seth, antibodies to you, my friend. Antibodies to you and the uh, kudos to the listener who suggested that the sequel to Cocaine Bear should be Meth Gator. <laughs> <laughs> this needs to be the new Sharknado. Just different yeah. different wild animals on drugs. All right, we're done. We're out of time. Seth and I will be back at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Until then, have a great day, everybody. He yeah. could talk me into a lot of things with that deep baritone voice. I don't even know uh, what, that, what that means.